1: but it's all about the A League now and tonight it starts 10 matches over 6 days making up round 15 you can catch it all of course across 10bold 10, ten play paramount plus key matches in the uh, both A leagues also the women's liberty A League as well has been a fascinating watch always a pleasure to catch up with this man Andy Harper's on the line with us morning Andy appreciate your time oh it's my
0: pleasure Sam how are you I'm
1: very well and I'm fascinated by the situation that Melbourne Victory have found <laughs>
0: themselves in to be honest because
1: I'm not sure about you Andy but this wasn't in the script
0: no it, it's uh, well being bottom of the comp is not a new experience particularly for victory because they were there the season before last, which is why they brought in Tony Popovich mm. and this is certainly a new experience for him. Uh, he's normally brought in to clean up these sort of situations and now uh, he's found this situation envelop him and he's got to get himself out of it and the team. Oh, look I believe they can. There's no way that they're playing like the worst team in the competition. not as much not, not as far as I'm watching anyway. Um, and if they can get a, if they can hang in there mentally, Sam, if, 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 because that can go, right? That the form can really drop if the confidence mm. drops without the results. But if they can maintain a strong mentality and hang on, I really believe it'll, it'll change. Uh, it can change. And, and, and if that does start happening, then I'm still completely convinced that Melvin Victor can challenge. I really am. You know, they're, they're, they're cut adrift at the bottom. But the thing is the the, the competition is so tightly packed apart from Melbourne City, who do look like they might skip away. But the, mm. the rest of it's still achievable for them. So you speak
1: of Melbourne victory more, I guess, in the psychological side of things, the mental side. Of it. But what about? So do you think their sound structurally and personnel-wise, I know they've had some departures, and, and Nani obviously getting injured was, was far from ideal, but they just can't find the back of the net, Andy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Um, uh, you know, every it's just the bugbear of most coaches. There's only a couple of teams which are scoring freely. That's the Mariners uh, and Melbourne City. Everyone else is facing this conundrum. Uh, the problem for Victory is that they've let some cheaper goals go in at the other end, and that happens from time to time. Uh, and by and large, I don't. Their problem's not one of personnel, of course. At this stage of the season, you can see they can think, "Geez, we need this, that, and the other." But every coach goes mm. through that mid-season. Where, where do we need to strengthen? So. Yeah, they're talking about bringing a big central defender in from from Lyon in uh, France their last experience in that part of the world from that position was an outstanding success in Mathieu delpierre of course there's no there's no correlation between Delpierre and what might come after him but but uh, you know he's got good pedigree this guy the silver if if they do manage to land him um, the, the the signing of Bruce Kamau, I think yeah. is interesting but firstly, I think Kamau a sensational player. I've always loved watching him play. I'm not quite sure what particular problem he fixes for victory, however. And I will say that, you know, they've got Chris Economides, Ben Falami, um, uh, Valupole. They're pretty well served uh, in wide positions. Um, Bruce is going to add particularly to that. Um, and so... I don't see necessarily if that's been a, a glaring weakness, but a couple of the youngsters have got a little bit of work to do still, so that you know, Bruce might come over the top. But it's the centre-forward position with D'Agostino gone um, uh, and and Bruno Fornaroli yet to settle. Um, if he can settle, there's goals in Bruno, I'm mm. confident to suggest. And he might have been unsettled because when he joined Victory, it was on a short-term injury replacement thing. And, and this always plays with players' minds, you know. There's a really um, finite term on his original agreement, um, very unsettling, and two or three unsettling situations around the club, not the least of which, of course, is the fallout from the derby pre-Christmas. So, you know, Victory is set, uh, having to deal with a lot more things than many other clubs Um if they can hold it together between the years and keep believing in themselves, I do think it will turn and their personnel is good enough to get them back up the table.
1: Yeah, you touched on their neighbours, Melbourne City, who just can do no wrong. So uh, 27-4, they're, they're the 8-4-1. They've got MacArthur, who are considered uh, long odds to get anything out of Saturday's uh, game. Um, just uh, mm. just carry on, I suppose, if you're Melbourne City.
0: Well, they need a little bit of a change too, actually. Um uh, but, you know, we're, we're getting to the fine detail with Melbourne City. But, you know, it's the first time in a long time they haven't won in the last three outings. Um, they had to come from behind uh, um, last weekend against Adelaide uh, in that fantastic match, but one that was obviously heavily laced with that very um, traumatic event that uh, the injury took one day. And so, you know, Jamie McLaren had a couple of games without scoring a goal. Then he gets the penalty last week, settled that one. But the team hasn't won in three. And the challenge for them, I guess, and for Rado Viticic is to make sure that they don't allow any sort of drop or form slump to, to take root. Uh, I'm not suggesting they're on the verge of a form slump, but they normally, in recent history, they're winning these sequence of matches rather than settling for draws. They want to change that on the weekend got MacArthur at home so they should be um they should be good things to do that but but, but MacArthur in the second game of the Milo Sturjowski stint they might be better for the first run out as well. So um, uh, Melbourne City you know, you can't really see them falling by the wayside in any way, shape or form, but for their own Peace of mind. I think they'll be looking forward to getting back on the winner's circle this weekend.
1: You touched on it, but a lot's been said, Andy, of the Juande injury and the amount mm-hmm. of time he had to wait. And obviously, uh, ambulances are not required to be on site at the moment, which is just a nightmare for the player. Two bones in his lower leg. He was made to wait mm-hmm. there for a long time. And I, I saw the Alex Commissioner Gregor Rourke said, um, you know, there would be no change to the policy. I mean, I, I didn't know this. I, I assumed ambulances were still on site for all these for all these games. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. I I can't speak to the details of this. I just have to assume that even without an ambulance on site, which did surprise me, but Mm. even without an ambulance on site, you'd have to assume the authorities, um, in conjunction with the PFA, have made sure that the the replacement option, the instead of option, is at least as good as, if not better. Um, Now, the time that one they had to wait has distressed us all, but I, I guess... Um, you know what we really need to know is if that delay un- put undue stress on the on the on the lad, um, and if having the ambulance on site would have expedited things significantly more. I, I, I don't know this. Um, I just would like to believe that the games authorities have made sure there's at least as good as, if not better. And by highlighting the emergency care experts who are deployed to A-League matches in Victoria um, because of the change of, of legislation or whatever it is at, in, with the state government and the use of ambulances, mm. et cetera, you'd have to assume that they've made the necessary adjustments. And I have to give people the benefit of the doubt which doesn't, of course, take away from the significant trauma one day probably felt. It's a lovely yarn, however, in a really desperate situation, which speaks to the quality of one day as a man. Because whilst he was lying there with his leg in three different directions, um, and the, the viewing world was in horror, his yeah. teammates were in tears, particularly his compatriot, Xavi Lopez, um, the word has come out that one day... In his own distress, was saying, "I'm fine. That worry about me. Just go and make sure Lopez is okay." Really? Mm.
1: Wow, yeah. that's amazing clarity yeah. in the
0: moment, isn't it? Uh, it is. There's, there could be a, a no small measure of shock in that. Yeah. Uh, maybe the and again, look, I, I don't know any of this stuff, but, it, but 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 maybe the the emergency care he did receive was enabling the pain relief to an extent where he could just relax a little bit. I don't know. We're just guessing. It was hugely traumatic for everyone, most pointedly for the player. Um, and we have to trust um, that that the best possible procedures, given what's available, are in place. That's all he can say. I wanted to ask you about Sydney FC, Andy. You've
1: probably got to get going as well, don't they? Now, they've got Central Coast uh, tomorrow. Um, and as you mentioned, the Mariners have been... No problem finding the back of the net for them. But um, I think Sydney even going in favourites here in the eyes of many. I mean, how do you see this one?
0: What a clash. I mean, Central Coast are going from Saturday to Saturday against the big boys from Mm. down the freeway. It was a fantastic game against the Wanderers last week. Um, And Sydney FC, with a mini bounce given their win, will be hosting the Mariners and need to put the little kids back in their box. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Uh, I think this... I can see a rollout of another exciting draw. I just can't see how Sydney can afford to yield at home. Their home form in the brand-new stadium, which, just as an aside, is an, ex- is an outstanding sporting experience going there to watch your football. Um, it hasn't got a response out of the team yet. Their home results have been terrible. They can't afford for that to continue. And I just cannot see how the mentality of the Sydney team, with Steve Corica leading it, will allow them to yield. But saying that within the four walls of your dressing room is one thing. Having to deal with the Mariners on the field is another. I, this is going to be epic. It really is. Mm. I cannot wait for it.
1: And, look, I don't know what the answer to this is, even if there possibly is one. It's always going to happen, I suppose, when the season runs at this time of the year. Johnny Aloisi, the, the last uh, person to speak out, around the weather and the heat and, yeah, and, and yeah. playing you know, in conditions such as this. I mean, Do you have a, any sort of take or
0: potential yeah. solution to this, Andy? Well, the solution is play with an earliest kickoff of 7pm. Yeah. And and we have to get it, especially in the streaming, the world of stream sports now, Sam. Um, I could understand, um, particularly, you know, when it was just linear television is the term, I think, I think um, that, you know, you stagger your schedule, so every match goes live. Um, the world's changed. The broadcast world and the television world has changed. Um, uh, streaming is, is becoming, is the thing and it's becoming more and more the thing and fans watch their team. And so the only option for this is to have simultaneous kickoffs for mm-hmm. night time. And as the league grows, Sam, the reality for the A-League is that as the league grows, which it's going to happen, we're told um, that that's very clearly going to happen, building towards a, a 16-team competition. There's just not enough time slots not to have double-ups. Yeah, I don't know why we don't do it. Now, this has been an issue ever since. It's always been a talking point. People have, and I don't think, the, I, I, I'm going to declare, I don't think the major protagonist here is television. I think uh, when you, when it boils down to it, it's clubs who are still nervous about losing bums on seats by putting games on at Sunday night, et cetera. Yeah. Um, you need clarification on that. But, uh, you know, I, I think the major stumbling block or the major... Um, um, the major stoppage to to scheduling which gets games out of the heat of the day um, and out of sunlight uh, have been one or two clubs or three or four clubs who just... Who want to, Who 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 don't want nighttime games on particular days?
1: Yeah, but you're right though. In in this streaming world now that we live in, where everything's at your fingertips, this is putting obviously um, you know attendance at the gate to one side for a moment. I mean, it's all there. It shouldn't matter if it's seven, mm. three, five, whatever it might be. In fact, the, late, I agree. I agree. the yeah, the later in might the way,
0: be better. Yeah, I agree. Look, a personal view. I've really enjoyed what we've done in in um, in Australian football through the cup competition. Firstly, at Fox Sports, and now. Mm. Um, with Tenant Paramount, how, you know, you, you're running these hubs sort of is a personal thing on that competition. It's great having news coming through on different games and, um, you know, the experts in television would be able to package this properly, I'm sure, but quite clearly, quite clearly. Um, firstly, the notion that live television actually goes against the gate was dispelled about 30 years ago when live coverage of football matches um, then coming out of England, the, the first the first debate, which was just dispelled almost immediately when they had the necessary data, was that was was a live football coverage against the gate was nothing to worry about. Mm. Um, they worked together, um, and and that that we still have people in our game who who think the Earth's flat on that issue is scary. <laughs>
1: It's not a not a bad comparison. Hey, um, I, before I let you go, Andy, I've got to ask you about the January transfer window over there in Europe, which is just great theatre at the end of the day, regardless of how closely you follow the, the big clubs over there. But gee, whiz, Chelsea, I think they've been described as a drunk in a casino with their yeah, with their transfer. Line. Pl- yeah. They've mm. splashed on Enzo Fernandez. So if you watch the World Cup, you'd be familiar with Argentine. World Cup winner, mm. twenty-two years of age, just coming with an absolute mm. rocket, but they've dropped nearly two hundred million Aussie dollars on him.
0: I oh, made it obscene. My first response is obscene, and 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 sport in that little corner of the entire globe is obscene. The money is just ridiculous. Of course, Chelsea have a new owner. Uh, Abramovich was red carded, um, as a lot of the Russian oligarchs have been around the world of sport because of the Ukraine war, um, and this, you know, this this sort of forced sale, if I can put it that that way, has mm. has seen the club change ownership. Um, and this is perhaps once the new owner has got his feet under the table, this is the way I'm looking at it, this is his first um, the first chance to make a statement to the fans. Um, and outside of that, I, I just, I, you know, I don't know how productive or efficient that use of the money is going to be. I mean, it's a, it's an incredible amount of money and and, and you're not going to get it back. I mean, the point is these clubs all run at deficit anyway. Mm. Um it's, it's how they manage that deficit. And, and, of course, they can afford the deficit. But, but to expect to get a dollar-for-dollar dollar return on that sort of investment is just ludicrous. Um, I don't think there's anywhere in the world that can, can point to a model that works that way at that level of sport. Uh, so it's an incredible indulgence, fantastic for the players involved because they, can, they get a very, 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 very good salary. Um, and, and now we wait and see if this is, uh, firstly, on a football level, a smart piece of transfer window work at two hundred million or whatever. Um and secondly to see if this is the owner just flexing his muscles as a show to his fans that he means business. And we'll see from here on. But but it it's I, I just my eyes glaze over now, Sam. You hear these numbers and, and you just think You know, my God,
1: really? Anyway. It is amazing. £107 million it was, and he signed for Benfica 18 months ago for £8.8 million. So Benfica laughing all the way to the bank as well because I think they retained some of the rights to the player. Hey, Andy, the plot thickens in the A-League. got, as you said, the 10 matches over six days for round 15, all over 10 bowl, 10 play, Paramount Plus. uh, The Liberty A-League, the women as well, uh, must watch on those channels. Really appreciate your time as always, mate.
0: And mate if I may just give the Pararoos—that's the Australian oh, yes. national team, and the, C, the CP team—they play the US over the weekend. That match uh, will be on Ten Play, and I really encourage people um, to track it down on Ten Play. If they can't see it live, you can call it up on demand and, and watch the boys go around. Uh, it's, it's going to be a fantastic thing. This is this is part. This is one of the big, big, big advantages of the streaming world because there's more room for these sports that otherwise wouldn't get the airtime. So I encourage people, if they're even half inclined, um, just to hunt down the Pararoos versus USA this weekend on 10 play.
1: No, good on you, Andy. I think it's their first uh, game here as well for for a number of years, so we we welcome Mm. them back in action. Andy, good on you, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks, Sam.